He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Who's coming through the door? I think we've met somewhere before. Hello, love. Hello. Hello, love. Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone. Hello, love. Hello, love. Make yourself feel right at home. I hope you plan on staying long. Come in love. Come in love. I must say I was sure surprised. You're the last thing I expected by hello. Come on in, sit down a spell. We've got a lot to do over the next couple of hours. Coming up in a minute or two, Tom Scateri and I will talk about all the uh, national and international news uh, heading over to Gaza, to Israel, uh, to the Ukraine. We'll talk about what's happening on Capitol Hill. Tom and I will kick all of that around coming up. But first of all, let me tell you, temperature not changing much. 32, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 31 at the Highlands, 32 in Elm Grove, still 32 here at the uh, Robinson, at the uh, Watchdog Radio Network Studios, right? You still 32? Right on the money. 32 degrees, going to be cloudy uh, during the morning. Uh, and mostly cloudy during the day. You might see a sun shine pop in a bit or two during the day. Daytime high around 36 or so. Uh, we're going to be sunny with temperatures in the high, the low 40s, high 30s for much of the week. And we might see a little bit of snow uh, Wednesday into Thursday. That according to Adam Fike from the Big 7. As I mentioned, uh, we're going to talk with Tom Scateri coming up in a minute or two. Also next hour, Matt Robeson, our political consultant, and I are going to talk about Trump in 2024. I have some thoughts on the homeless camps. They are now officially banned in the city of Wheeling as of today, as of yesterday, actually. And um, my question is, where will the homeless be this afternoon? Because they have nowhere to go. We'll talk about that coming up uh, later on. And the uh, Questions about Bill Johnson, congressman, being named the president of Youngstown State University continue to grow, and more and more people are saying, get him out of there. That's a mistake. I'll tell you what that's all about a bit later on this morning. Have you noticed, sir, that I have uh, got my, uh, I got my uh, cardigan sweater on this morning? Now, A, it's a little cool. All right, so part of the reason is I just I wore a cardigan sweater. But I, I, I got what, uh, what some like, the, I call it my Fred McMurray sweater. Those of you of age will know that, you know, my three sons and Fred McMurray wore the cardigan sweater. Um, it was a sign of, you know, the and, and Mr. Rogers had his cardigan sweater on as well. But why do I have the cardigan sweater on this morning besides trying to keep warm? Because uh, there's a new report out. Pinterest, the uh, website, has 482 million users. And they analyzed billions of searches on their website and then ran it through some AI stuff in order to come up with a... Uh, I look at the new trends for the coming year. And one of the trends that the young people are going to be embracing, Gen Z will be embracing eclectic grandpa. That's a trend, the eclectic grandpa fashion. Grandpa-style searches were up 60%. Cardigans, for example, like I have on right now, these are now going to be the new rage. So go out and get yourself a cardigan, just like Fred McMurray had, just like I had, and that's going to be part of the uh, the new trends for 2024. Also, 2024 will be a racket, or at least you'll need a racket. Gen Z and the millennials are searching for everything from badminton outfits to playing badminton. So apparently we're going to be smitten with badminton uh, throughout this, <laughs> this coming year. And groovy weddings are back. 19 inspired, 1970s inspired weddings. We'll take the wedding industry by storm next year. Um, disco decor to bohemian bachelorettes. Boomers and millennials are behind a retro-inspired return to the groovy wedding. And I like this idea. Jazz revival is up among the young kids, millennials, and Gen Z. They're trading in their electric beats for vintage jazz. So jazz and cardigan sweaters and uh, badminton. And uh, groovy weddings are all the trends for 2024, so I want you to be aware of that. 
Uh, let's see, off the Frio Stack auction service text line. Uh, Monroe slogans are this year. I said that my slogan, I have two slogans. One is stay alive in 25, and the other is uh, let's do more in 24. But here from the Frio Stack auction service text line, slogans this year, Monroe is out the door in 24. Oh, jeez. Or, or how about, this is from our texter, in 24, give us more slider and stack. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, like the old Karnak on Carson, the answer is Howard Monroe. The question is, who is not on the radio in 25? Man, oh, man, somebody's not. Tough crowd. It's not having me. Uh, go for the pine in 25. So, geez, some of you are. Man, I, I'm starting the year off feeling good, you know. I'm. My 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 theme for the year. I have two themes: stay alive till twenty five. Let's do more in twenty four. And you're telling me that out the door twenty four. <laughs> so, Frio Stack Auction Service text line open and available. Our national is that Tom? It is. Tom's raring to go. Our national correspondent Tom Scateri coming up next year on the Watchdog Morning Show. Hey there, Dave Weekly here, your host for Metro News Hotline. Get ready for an epic journey every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. We've got all the excitement you need from sports to tech, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Join Coop and I as we bring you engaging discussions, captivating interviews, fun games, and the latest sports and entertainment headlines that will keep you hooked. Metro News Hotline is your go-to source for sports, news, entertainment, and most importantly, fun. Tune in weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News and WVMetroNews.com. My name is Mike Campsey. I am an interventional cardiologist and the chief of cardiology at Wheeling Hospital. I think the value of HVI in this region is tremendous. We offer such a wide spectrum of services from prevention to intervention. We're gonna get the patient in as quickly as possible. That's the most tremendous benefit to the patients in this region is we, we're here 24 seven. We're available to see somebody. Santa Duck is in town at your nearest Lucky Duck discounters. Smart Christmas shoppers start early at Lucky Duck, where the price goes down as the week rolls on with thousands of bin items. Plus shelf items like refrigerators, patio furniture, baby supplies, and more priced at 40% below retail. No other bin store in our area offers these great buys. Start your Christmas shopping now because it's all first come, first served, and items on the shelf change every week. Visit Lucky Duck discounters, Wheeling, Glendale, New Martinsville, Steubenville, and Morgantown. Lucky Duck, more than just a bin store, it's your Christmas shopping headquarters. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Oh, oh, talk to me some more. You don't have to go. You're the poetry man. You make things Poetry man. Let's do more in 24. Or some of you are the poetry people. Monroe out the door in 24. I I don't know. However you choose to look at it. It is 816, 16 after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I have not talked to Tom Scateri for geez, like well over a month. Now, Bob, you had him on while I was away. Uh, and then uh, the last couple of uh, Tuesdays have been days off for us. So uh, Tom Scateri is here, a national correspondent. Good morning, Tom. How are you? How was your holiday? Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Uh, I'm, I had a nice holiday. I had a little bit of the flu last week, but it was a good week to have it as things slowed down. And I had my wonderful meal of seven fishes dinner for Christmas Eve. Um, I don't know if you and I spoke about that, but there's a movie out about um, uh, set in West Virginia. No. About seven fishes. It's a relatively new movie. Uh, some friends have told me about it, and I watched it. And the opening scenes, I thought, I'm back in western Pennsylvania, West Virginia, because it's filmed, I, I think, in Fairmont, maybe. 
but the I couldn't tell with initially if it was West Virginia or Western Pennsylvania. And then there's a scene early on when they're coming out of a store that has like a West Virginia lottery sign or something in the window. So I said, "Ha, there you go." Um, what was the, what's the name of the movie? Do you know or do you remember? Yeah, you know, something something Seven Fishes. Uh, you know, if you put in Seven Fishes in Netflix or as they say, your okay. movie provider, it'll come up. And it's uh, it's a nice cast. And the best scenes about it, what was recommended to me, is the guys do a lot of the cooking, preparing for the meal, the Christmas Eve Seven Fishes meal. And, you know, it's a nice, it's a bad average plot. It's a very nice movie, but the scenes are pretty pretty interesting. The most, the most jarring thing, Howard, is that it's set in West Virginia, as I said, but, you know, many of the actors are from New York City, so they have New York City accents, accents in which, West Virginia. Which was like, of course, nobody but you or I, you know, Bob, and people from the area would recognize it. Oh, that's all people of the East talk. You know? <laughs> I'll have to look it up. That sounds like fun to watch, though. Did, do yeah. you do anything special on New Year's Eve, or are you just a quiet kind of guy on New Year's Eve? It, it really depends on the year. This year, um, I went out to a first night in Alexandria, Virginia, uh, to, to see some things, and I... I went over to my son and I went to watch the Steeler game uh, as well on a, a local place, you know, that had it, the feed. That was early in the day. And that, that's it. You know, uh, it really depends on the evening. This was a very, as you know, very busy year. And uh, I just took advantage of the fact that it was a slower Sunday than normal. <laughs> so I didn't have to really do much yesterday. We, I gave up going out any place years ago. We get together, two other friends, uh, Nancy and I, another couple, we get together, alternate houses, and, and we yeah. eat. We just eat on New Year's Eve. You know, we eat and we eat. It's interesting. We were talking about this. There are certain dishes that we make that aren't, aren't hard to make, but we only make them on New Year's Eve. You know, I, Give me an example. Well, my wife does these roll-ups. with. Uh, she mixes a cream cheese and horseradish mm-hmm. sauce and some other stuff, rolls them mm-hmm. up. And she, uh, Luann makes a, uh, a pizza dip uh, of some kind. And, you know, it's just, and we love them. I mean, it's like I, I, the minute I walk into the house, I go, where's the dip? Where's the dip? Yeah. And, yet we, and we never do it. Not any other day of the year do we make these things. They're not hard. They're easy. We could do it. With, I could have them every day. But for some reason, they're just our New Year's That's Eve tradition. Yeah, I guess there were some meals which I never bothered finding when I was a kid. My parents would do that. I think was you know for New Year's there was something and you know other things. You know, to me, it's the seven fishes on Christmas Eve is, mm. the, is the meal you make once a year like that. Right. Everything else is. But I'm you know in regards to New Year's Eve, I, my favorite New Year's Eve almost always was at a party with friends. In other words, people who I'd get together with anyway. It just happens to be New Year's. Eve. I did when I was younger go to Times Square a couple times. Did and, you really? And, uh, that was fun, yeah. One time I uh, went up on the train here from D.C. and uh, I was, you know, a friend of mine. She came. She said I always wanted to do it, but I was afraid to go. Well, she come with me. So we went up. I had a little, you know, tuxedo tie and black leather jacket on. Yeah, we snuck into the Waldorf Astoria party afterwards. <laughs> and I remember watching that was a kid. You know, that they would always cut to it. You know, on TV. <laughs> and we were in here about 15 minutes, and some bouncer came up and with that New York accent that's in the movie, and I, he, the real one, he said, uh, how'd you get in here? And my friend said, we, we walked in. He goes, and that's how you're going out. <laughs> it was all polite, but it was a lot of fun. But we, it was, you know, we, stayed, we took like the 3.30 a.m. train back to D.C., and it was all great. That sounds like a fun, that sounds like a fun trip. It was. It was. <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm not afraid of crowds, but the, I I have no desire to be in the crowd that, that is there on Times Square on New Year's Eve. It's just that's just not that's just not my my style. I just I couldn't yeah I couldn't do that. Well, you know, I think again this was this was a while ago when I was younger. My daughter, who's now 23, living in New York City, she she won't do go to because it's too crazy now in New York to do that. You yeah. know, you can't get to Times Square; they have it blocked off, and you know, it's very regimented. Whereas before, you just sort of, it was more frolicking and wandering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's talk about uh, some national and international politics here this Lots morning. To do, yeah. There's a story that, not, it's not a gigantic story, not getting a lot of attention, it's purely politics, but it makes me chuckle. Laura Bobert has had to change her, yeah. the district yeah. from which she is running because she was losing, she was running for re-election in the... Colorado was a third district, I think. Colorado, yeah. Colorado third. She was losing, so she yeah. she decided to run run from the fourth instead. Maybe she got a better shot there. That's just a that's just a humorous story to me. It's like, well, I can't win in my own district. I'll go somewhere else. I think it's a very interesting story, and because of the, the timing of it, there hasn't been a lot on it. 
the, the opponent who's running against her again, he almost defeated her the last time, the Democratic nominee. His name escapes me. And he's been very aggressive in fundraising. And, he's, he, you know, her district itself, there's, there's mixed feelings on her, the, the old district anyway. And now her constituents in there who supported her are angry because she left them to run in what seems to be a more favorable Republican district. Now, I didn't do the deep dive like I'm, I'm planting. I will this afternoon, actually, because I'm curious as to who else is running in that district. Remember, uh, Howard, uh, you do, I'm sure, but maybe listeners don't realize that most of the time, in most states, you only have to be a resident of the state to run in any congressional district in the state. No, not of the district, but only of the state. You resident in right. that district, right. 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 So, you know, she's, I guess in Colorado it's the same way uh, that she can run any, anywhere. So we'll see. Uh, but I think that she may have trouble, depending if there's an incumbent in that district or what the strength of it is, et cetera. I think it was a very interesting end-of-the-year politics-wise. You know what? Um, I was coming up in, what, two weeks, I think? It's yeah. coming up pretty soon. Yeah. And, you know, Nikki Haley's comment um, about the, the Civil it's War slavery. and yeah. the slavery, I thought that was interesting. The strongest defender of her the next day was Sarah Palin, okay. who said, you know, it's unfair the way these reporters, these reporters, these questions are asked. I remember when they asked me what books and newspapers I read. <laughs> Ask tough. Wait, that's right, Sarah Palin. Well, you know, they ask these trick tough questions. Curveball questions. Like they yeah. ask Sarah Palin. What newspapers do you read? Right, that's a I mean, curveball. There's a tough one, you know. And her answer, <laughs> but at, you know, do they both say it was a Democratic plant? As if that changes the nature of the question or the answer, or the answer. Right. right. Okay. Right. I have no reason to assume it was a Democratic plant. Maybe it was. I don't know. The question was, uh, I forget exactly how it was phrased, but basically is what were the causes of the Civil War? And Civil War. She danced all around it with, uh, well, it's all about Americans love freedom and da-da-da-da-da. And then uh, so I said, well, but what about slavery? And her comment, it was just a stupid comment. And by the way, I'm kind of in Nikki Haley's corner as a Republican candidate goes. Uh, but it was a stupid comment. What do you want me to say about slavery? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I think it's that, bad. You know, uh, you know, you know. New Hampshire, of all the states that you dance like that and try to be cute with voters, I would say New Hampshire is probably not one of the ones you want to try to do that with, because having reported for Massachusetts papers and covered that primary up there and the voters, they're very ornery. Yes, <laughs> you know, and um, she was doing pretty well. You know, she was trending well up there, and you know, she could have had a strong second place if not even an upset. Remember, Howard. That's a state where Democrats and independents could vote in the Republican primary and vice versa. That's how John McCain got a lot of support in that primary. And she may have hurt herself with those voters that would have crossed over to support her. And New Hampshireites pay a lot of attention. I, I asked sure last do. week, other New Hampshireites, New Hampshireans, <laughs> New Hampshire residents, um, they pay close attention to politics. They're very politically inclined, so these things don't just gloss over them. They actually catch them and... Um, uh, uh, Haley, I was just, I, I, you know, she's, I, my, in my opinion, she's smarter than that. I don't know why she came up with the answer she did. Remember when she was governor of South Carolina, she also dragged her feet on getting rid of the rebel flag that was part of the state flag of South Carolina. She made these kind of same evasive comments, of, you know, prevaricating, I can't say the word, but you know what I mean? Prevaricating. Yeah, yeah right. prevaricating, thank you. You know, dancing around there, too. And, of course, that all came up in this past week because it was a slow news politically. Her rivals uh, basically did what the old saw is when someone's saying something bad about your opponent, just don't say a thing. You know, right. let them just, <laughs> just yeah, let, her, let her take care of, her, take care yeah. of her, herself. So um, one last uh, domestic story, and then I want to get into the national realm for a few minutes. Um and we're going to spend the entire next hour talking about Trump 24 and all of the different aspects of what Trump is likely to look at in 2024. But uh, just a quick minute here. Uh, the argument that he is not qualified to be on the ballot under the 14th Amendment is getting a couple of votes of support, uh, Colorado and Maine, Maine uh, where he has been theoretically taken off the ballot a, by the Supreme Court in Colorado, by the Secretary of State in Maine. Now, it's going to clearly go up the courts all the way to the Supreme Court eventually. Um, 
But up until now, everybody, any time has come forth before a court, no, they've, yeah. they've all said no. We're, this is this is not valid. He's not. This doesn't make yeah. any sense. So now he's got two at least that are saying he, he's not qualified. Well, isn't it? I just read somewhere, and forgive me. Uh, it's even big state like New York or California said he is going to be on the ballot. They looked at it and they said it didn't apply. Right. And so my, you know it's already a mixed. So this is to me the argument be beyond that whether it's legit or not. All these basically Republicans who, you know, and Nikki Haley, states' rights, states' rights, states' rights. Well, each state is supposed to be able to decide on their ballot laws as well. Well, and it is not, uh, I'm talking more about this next hour, as I said, but it is not, it's not some kind of conspiracy to take people off the ballot. That is the job of election officials. I mean, it is, you know, do you not meet the qualifications, whatever they might be? Uh, are you in the correct district? Did you get the right number of uh, signatures on your petition? Are you of the right age? I mean, there are all kinds of requirements. Just because mm-hmm. you say you want to be a candidate in any for any office in any state doesn't guarantee that you're going to be on the ballot. That's what election officials are for. Now, this is certainly a much bigger issue, but it's it's the ability to disqualify people from being on the ballot is not somehow anti-democratic. It's part of the system. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's right. Basic system, part of the system. Let's go over uh, across the seas for a minute or two okay. and talk about uh, uh, Israel and Oof. Gaza. And, um, you know, the same thing I felt with the Ukrainian war for a while. With Israel and Gaza, every once in a while I'm reading, I'm feeling, I'm thinking like maybe there's a, a little let up here. Maybe we might be coming closer to some sort of resolution. And then I read a little bit further, and I realize, no, we're not. No, I don't think we are. I'm sorry to be a, a party pooper on this. Um, you know, the big the big news yesterday, breathlessly, was Israel announced it was going to pull some of its troops out of Gaza. But they're basically pulling them out to refresh them and rest them for a larger push later, an ongoing campaign. And, you know, everything the United States has asked Israel to do, the surgical strikes, et cetera, it seems to be being ignored. And... Um, the Iranians are sending a warship allegedly to the Red Sea, where the Houthis have, you know, continued to attack ships. Iraq now is angry at the United States for striking back at Iranian militia within Iraq. It's a mess, and it's not getting any worse. Ukraine's another mess that we I'll talk about briefly because I know we're short of time. But but you know, Howard, um, I'm just getting this feeling that uh, you know it's like uh, uh, just spinning, spinning, spinning out of the control, out of control. You know, there's a lot of irony on late Friday, which is, you know, how the Pentagon operates. They reduce it. Late Friday, they announced the sweeping policy to reduce civilian casualties in the war zone, which the United States military is a very bad problem with it. But, of course, it raises questions again about Israel's campaign in the Gaza, you know, with it. it's uh, the irony of it. So you know, we're seeing all the things. Now, I want to mention one thing that's very interesting, if I may, about Israel. Yesterday, the Israeli Supreme Court yeah. struck down a controversial law that Netanyahu, the prime minister, was pushing that essentially would have limited the Supreme Court's ability to strike down laws, basically what we would say declare them unconstitutional. It was an eight-to-seven eight, eight to seven vote, so it was a very close vote. But Netanyahu had pushed for the court not to rule on it during the war. In other words, he wanted to use the war as an excuse because he was afraid of what would happen, which is what happened. This is this is a very controversial action by Netanyahu before the war, big protests in Israel. Right. To me, this is actually a good sign, not because they ruled the way they did, but because they showed that even in wartime, an independent part of a democracy, in this case, court, takes action as they should. This is basically what you were talking about before, about courts ruling on the law. Yeah, the job of the court, Supreme Court, there and here, I don't know their constitution, but I assume it's similar to ours, is to make determinations on whether or not the laws and the actions of the of the executive and legislative branch are in compliance with the Constitution. That's yeah. their that's their job. That's what they were created for. And uh, of course, Netanyahu wanted to try and prevent that from happening because he was afraid they would decide that things he was doing were not constitutional. Correct. And this was the first part of a multi-effort by Netanyahu, you know, first piece of legislation. So it sets a tone. Now, quickly on Ukraine, because we've been away for a while, you know, no USAID going there. Russia has almost every night launched record numbers of missile and drone attacks against Ukraine and on the ground as well. Here's why. They're trying to bleed Ukrainians, not just of their people and destroy their infrastructure, but every time they fire these missiles, 
Ukraine has to fire anti-air defense missiles. And this is doing it successfully. But guess what, Howard? They're not getting new ones. Right. So the Russians know that they'll drain those. And once they're gone, they could destroy the actual anti-aircraft batteries. Yeah, it's, it's draining their defense yeah. systems. Mm-hmm. By, for, by forcing well, them to like, use yeah, them, it's draining them. Yeah, exactly. 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 And that is another, uh, boy, that's been two years? Ukraine. Two years. Russia? It'll be two years in February. Uh huh. So you know that's another one that I don't see any real end in sight just yet. You know, you wonder how much longer does it go on. Exactly. All right, Tom. I appreciate all of your conversation as always. It's good to talk to you again, and uh, I guess we'll Here's do to another good year. Yep. Thanks, uh, remember, let's do more in twenty four. That's right. Or that's right. Or, or as one of my <laughs> listeners said, Monroe is out the door in twenty four. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we can always sit around a campfire and have some. Some there we go. We'll have some more. Hey, Tom, appreciate your time today. Thanks a lot. All right, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. 833, 27 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Did you guys have fun while I was away? Yeah, we had fun. Yeah. Maybe too much fun? No, no. I just, I was, you know, I, I didn't get to hear it. I. Yeah, we had a great time. Yeah. Um, He's a good guy. He's fun. I mean, he goes with the flow, you know. He does. He, uh, we talked a little football, probably talked a little poetry, probably talked politics. <laughs> This side of the uh, ocean, that side of the ocean. Yeah, he knows uh, He knows a lot. What's going on out there? Yep. 8.33, 27 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Former president of Youngstown State University is blasting their board of trustees for hiring Bill Johnson. And my question about uh, the homeless in the city of Wheeling is, where are they going to be this afternoon because they got nowhere else to go? We'll talk about this and more coming up on the Watchdog Morning Show. But first, Taylor Long is back with us for Ohio Valley Headlines. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this January the 2nd. A traffic update for you this morning, starting today until February 17th. A portion of Badger Run Road in Tyler County will be closed for slip repairs and pilling wall installations. School buses will follow a different route. There are alternate routes you can also take. For those on the site, use Porter Hill Drive or Oil Ridge Road to Route 2 or Willow Lane to West Virginia 180. Or if you're heading south of the site, use Badger Run Road to West Virginia, 18. Since sports betting became legal in Ohio, calls to the gambling helpline have risen and stayed high. In January last year, the helpline got almost 1,400 calls, up from 456 in January of 2022. The 24-7 access to sports betting via mobile have raised concerns, despite no direct link to the increased calls. But a network executive director says it's a cause for concern. He says PGNO wants to begin collecting data on ease of access to sports betting for minors throughout the state. He says the Ohio Problem Gambling Helpline is available 24-7 for individuals or loved ones affected by problem gambling. And Ohio has a new increased minimum wage, and it's now in effect. Ohio's minimum wage will be ten forty-five per hour. That starts now. It's an increase of $0.35. Cents. The minimum wage for tipped employees increases by $0.20 cents to five twenty-five. Ohio's minimum wage is going up because of a constitutional amendment passed by voters in 2006. It stated that Ohio's minimum wage should increase on January 1 each year due to inflation. Ohio is one of several states increasing their minimum wage in 2024. And listen to this. The legendary author of old is paying a visit to the friendly city. Mark Twain will be stopping by the Ohio County Public Library today at noon if you want to stop on over. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday. I'm Taylor Long working for you. It could have been much different for the WV women's basketball program. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. The holidays start here at Kroger with a variety of options to celebrate traditions old and new. You could do a classic herb-roasted turkey or spice it up and make turkey tacos. Serve up a go-to shrimp cocktail or use Simple Truth wild-caught shrimp for your first Cajun risotto. No matter how you shop, Kroger has all the freshest ingredients to embrace all your holiday traditions. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With Kroger brand products, you can make all your favorite things this holiday season. Because Kroger brand's proven quality products come at exceptionally low prices. And with a money-back quality guarantee, every dish is sure to be a favorite. These are a few of my favorite things. 
Whether you shop delivery, pickup, or in-store, Kroger brand has all your favorite things. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Think back to last March, the WV women's basketball team in the NCAA tournament in Maryland. On the way back home from that game, the WV women's team finds out that its coach, Don Plitzewhite, has quit and was leaving to become the head coach at the University of Minnesota. There were a lot of questions going on, a lot of players who could have bolted WVU and gone into the transfer portal, but they stayed put until the new coach was named. Well, his name is Mark Kellogg, and not a single one of those members of that Mountaineer team that could have left, left. And it's turned out to be a good decision for both the ladies and for the head coach, Mark Kellogg. West Virginia is currently one of three remaining undefeated teams in the Big 12. They stand with a perfect 12-0 record heading into tomorrow's game at home against the University of Cincinnati. The Bearcats will come in at 8-4 overall. So what's been the key in season number one for Kellogg and the Mountaineers? Well, They are scoring that basketball. West Virginia currently third in the league in scoring 83 points per game, and they're playing well on defense, third best in the Big 12, giving up less than 54 points per game. Shooting free throws decently. They come in at number eight in that category, but they are shooting that ball well. Number two in the league in field goal percentage, and of course, That full-court pressure leads to steals, and West Virginia number one in the league in steals with 14 more than second-place Houston. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Let's go to Super Nailers World, Saturday, January 13th, for a fun night of hockey and retro thrills. Let loose in a free video game arcade. Immerse yourself in a hat giveaway and mystery box prizes hidden in the arena. Ready your engines for our Nailer Cart Intermission Race. Enjoy old school drink specials and a specialty themed jersey. You'll be screaming, Mamma Mia! during Super Nailers World, January 13th, game time 710. Get tickets now. Call 304-234-GOLD or go to wheelingnailers.com. I'm Deepak Huda. I am from originally India. I am director of the Structural Heart Program as well as Cardiac Cath Lab at Wheeling Hospital. Our main clinic is obviously here at Wheeling Hospital WU Medicine. We also have satellite clinics, we call it, the Upper the Highlands. Then we have clinic at the Wheeling Clinic, which is in downtown Wheeling, and Martins Ferry. And then we also have clinic at St. as well. So we try to go where the patients are or to make it most convenient for them. Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. I found my thrill. Back to what the fifties, I guess, right? When this wasn't this a fifties song? It was. Today's theme is this kind of music we like, Howard. That's the music we like. I like that. That's a good theme to have. I like that. I like this. The found my thrill. I'm not saying I did. I don't want anybody to mis- misinterpret things. Remember the days you used to go up on so-called Blueberry Hill or wherever it was back in the old days, Bob? Long, long time ago, Howard. I sometimes I think back on those days and. Think back fondly. 841, 19 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Still hanging in at, I better double check this, but I think we're still at 32 degrees. Yep, 32 at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 31 at the Highlands. 32 in Elm Grove. Still 32 here, Bob? 32 right on the button. 32 degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network. It's going to be mostly cloudy today, high around 36, so not a whole lot warmer, but it'll be okay. Uh, see some sunshine over the next couple of days, but it could mix with some snow, Adams told us earlier, particularly tomorrow night into Thursday morning. And uh, temperatures will be in the high 30s to the low 40s throughout uh, the next couple of days. As of yesterday, homeless camps are banned in the city of Wheeling. 
and the city police has gone out and put up signs and they have given alert they've gone into each of the camps that are still around and said you have to be out uh, so as of last night i guess it was uh, the homeless are no longer able to have their tents set up beside the road or in the woods or or wherever and and i'm 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 kind of in supportive of that but when the city passed that bill the ordinance they also included creating one managed camp. That's what they called a managed camp that was going to be one place designated that would have some rules and regulations so there would be a place for the homeless to go. Well, the day has come and gone to ban the camps, and so as far as I know from the Intel story I read over the weekend, the camps are now shut down. Now, last night they were able to stay at the free shelters around the area the catholic charity shelter the life hub and so on and that will be true certainly during the winter months uh the homeless will have a place to go in to be warm but the problem bob is that they at eight o'clock i think it's eight o'clock seven o'clock whatever time it is they close the doors and tell them to go back out on the street now here's my question with the camps closed down where do they go well, I, I I think on a day like today, they have to go somewhere. Uh, I think the library, if you yep. went to the library today, you'd probably notice a couple folks that uh, would fit that bill. You get Catholic Charities. I don't know what time they open their door, but you'll see them going in there, getting warm, having something to eat, and also the soup kitchen, Howard. I, again, I don't know what time they open their doors, but there'll be there'll be folks uh, that are, are waiting to get in. But, but the problem is I think most of these places don't open their doors until for general the general homeless until, until the evening, and they send them out in the daytime. Now, you're, there are two things are going to happen. If it's a good day, the homeless is going to wander the street. We're going to see more homeless on the streets than before because they, Great will, point. they have nowhere to go. they got their bags or their shopping carts or whatever, which before when the homeless camps were there – Go to the free shelter, stay warm, get out, go back to your, quote, camp. At least, dump, you know, where your belongings are. So now there is not such a thing, and there's no option. So if it's a good day, weather-wise, they'll be wandering the streets. I think we will see more homeless on the streets than less. And the other thing is, on a, if it's a cold day, like today, we'll see them posted up in coffee shops, the library, and so on. I, I, think, I think the city has dropped the ball on not putting the managed camp into place before they shut the other camps down. Because all they're doing is sending the, the homeless into the streets now. I mean, literally into the streets. And, and one of the things I think they did, Howard, that, that would maybe eliminate uh, noticing that so quick, and again, this is my opinion, and I, don't, I think it was done purposely. I, for, the, for the longest time, it didn't dawn on me, the young folk uh, going from here to here all had uh, – backpacks like book bags on mm -hmm. their back am i describing that the right way yeah and i thought man there's down in that area northern you know they're going back and forth to classes no that's not the case no someone and again i would bet it was done because it, it kind of kills two birds with one stone gives them an opportunity to carry their their belongings yeah. which that's very very important but also makes it where they don't stand out as much howard I they look the more like students yeah, that's a good point i i never thought about that i i would suspect that many of that the a lot of the homeless agencies provide those kind of you know, back, backpacks, whatever you want to call them, suitcases on your back, you know. Um, but I, my, 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 when I saw the story, there's a nice piece in the paper over the weekend. Uh, headline, I think it's uh, Eric Ayers did the story. Despite no managed camp in place, wheeling camping ban ordinance is in effect. And what, what concerns me is not that we banned the camping. I, I'm actually, in, I get that. I really do get that. But you gotta, you, there has to be some place for them to go. Well, there there is, and uh, it's there's probably buildings that are known that they can get in, right? That aren't occupied, that have no heat, but they're at least in out of the elements. Some place to sit, and there's a bunch of them in, in the city of Wheeling. I don't know how many of those are easy to get into without breaking a door or window. But my my point is, I think we're creating a bigger problem. Again, I'm not opposed to closing the camps down, but it should have been done at the same time they put together this managed camp. So there was a place to go. So people aren't, you know, the homeless will not just be wandering the streets, literally wandering the streets with their bags, their backpacks, their shopping carts uh, or whatever. And like I said, on good days, I think I think you'll see you'll just see them walking up and down the streets. And on bad days, weather wise, you'll see them at the library. 
you'll see them at, I don't know, mug shots or other places where they can go in and get a cup of coffee and sit all day long. And I'm I'm not, I mean, I don't know what else they can. And you're right. There are, you know, they may just be occupying unoccupied buildings when they can. Um, the city dropped the ball. They, they, they need to get this managed camp into place. The uh, city manager's office is the one that's in charge of that. And uh, Bob Heron in the intel this weekend says that he's been working, and I think there's an, I think this is where the problem comes. He's been working with the heads of local agencies that serve the homeless uh, on trying to establish rules and guidelines and coming up with a place where there could be a managed camp, and they haven't done anything about it. The other agencies, I, you know, Bob says, I'm asking him, what's your rec-? The city is not going to run the managed camp. They expect the homeless agencies to run it and they're just from the story that i got in the paper this morning and again bob heron's with us later this week we'll talk more about this with him uh, it sounds to me like they just are going yeah no we're not going to do anything about it and let me say this out loud uh, good bad friend or foe if you're outside i feel for you That's believe right. me i absolutely feel for you no one or no pet should be left outside uh, in these conditions. And guess what, Howard? It's going to get colder. It's going to get colder. Absolutely right. So uh, they need to get this uh, managed camp thing underway. And I think, but what I I might be reading this wrong. I openly admit maybe I'm reading this wrong. What it sounds to me like is, once again, we've got all these agencies dealing with the homeless, and nobody wants to step up and take the lead on this. Or everybody wants to take up, step up and take the lead, and they can't agree what to do. We, there needs to be, again, the city had made it clear they aren't going to do this. They're going to create the possibility of a managed camp. Somebody, some homeless agency, has got to find a location and rent it, lease it, whatever they're going to do, and then, and then take care of setting up the rules and the guidelines. Now, Bob Heron said he's proposed some guidelines. He's given it to them, said, Here, here's what I think w- would make some sense, but it's their job, and nobody's done it yet. And you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, no, I, I, just, I, I just think they've dropped the ball. Uh, Bill Mercer uh, said, look, if you're going to do this, you got to do the two things together. you got to end the regular, you know, the, the random camps. But you got to have a place for them to go. And something else you need is a fire. So if, if one of these camps do exist or one uh, pops up, they, they, need, they need wood to burn safely. It has to be an area. And I would think it has to be a big fire days like this. But they need <laughs> wood. <laughs> so if there is a camp, somebody take them a truckload of wood. The working draft of the guidelines, again, I'm quoting from the intel over the weekend, uh, the, and this is from Bob Heron to this. The working draft of the guidelines includes detailed requirements involving garbage, waste management. I think that's good. Safety protocols, health hygiene, everything from regular trash pickup to disposing of hypodermic needles. Uh, that's the reality. Um, placement of bait traps or rodent control, health screenings, um, handling dirty laundry, bedding. Uh, how do you handle residents who are ill? controlling things like bed bugs, lice, and scabies. I mean, if you're going to have a managed camp, you got to look at these things. And you're right, Bob. Somewhere, somehow, they got to have heat. you got to have wood. You know, so, uh, again, I, I'm not – somewhere down the road, there needs to be a conversation about the long-term future of the homeless. And, and I'm going to get some texts on that saying, well, why don't you just talk about we need to get rid of I, – I, I, I get that. But today, I mean, literally, I mean, talking about today, January 2nd, we need to find – we've got to get this managed camp up and running or else just let the old camp stay until they have someplace to go. Because I'm going to tell you, we're going to start seeing more and more people complaining about people wandering the streets, literally wandering the streets, m- much more than they did before. And I think the possibility of an abandoned building somehow catching on fire. Absolutely. Well, let's just see what happens. Well, we had one that we aren't sure was a homeless cause, but what the one on cold? 16th Street, that one building caught on fire, and it was a building that – some of them hung out in front of, if not in. So I just think it's just dropping the ball. I mean, I'm really distressed by this, and I, I just think um, – so you're going to see him at the li- – you, you were talking about earlier about going to the library yourself. Yeah, I got some books to take back, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I they're be. sitting in there. I don't think they throw them out if they, they behave themselves. I don't if think they, they ask themselves. them if they're right. homeless or not. Right. I, I don't think they do, no. Because anybody can go to the library. And- sure. 
I used to have a salesman who went there to sleep all day instead of going out and sell. So I <laughs> keep it down, will you? I would, I would know when I couldn't get a hold of my salesman. I would know where to go. I'd go to the library. Well, you know where I was, Howard. I wasn't in the library. I was in a bar somewhere, well, so I was easy to find. Well, also I was usually there with you. So that yeah, there a, comes Howard. Imagine that. <laughs> that was a whole, <laughs> that was a whole different story. Anyway, this homeless thing to me is a big deal. And I, when I say big, I mean today, literally today. Where will they be today at two? In the next, uh, actually, I think 8 o'clock is, is throwout time. I should say it that way. But uh, I think the free shelter doors close at 8 o'clock. So they've been in, in the building all night. Good for them. That's great. Well, it's a life hub, Catholic charities, wherever. But now it's like, got to go, guys. Got to get out. They're out there somewhere. And I mean this, Howard. I've never thought this, and I've never said it out loud. If I had my choice, and you're going to say, Bob, that's the craziest thing you've ever said. If that is my lifestyle... I would rather have the camp and firewood instead of putting me in there nice and cozy, and then I got to go back out in the no, freezing I, cold. I, I, I don't get used to it. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that's crazy at all. I think that is something we have got to come to understand that a lot of these folks, you know, we're forcing them into situations that they don't really want to be in. I mean, like it or not, and it, they do cause problems for the community, and they need to be controlled. I don't get. I don't disagree with that. Like it or not, there are homeless who would just prefer to be in their tents with their fire pit. As long as I have a fire, I I, I won't freeze to death. You know, so uh, it's something that needs to be dealt with. And um, again, I, I, in my opinion, the city has dropped the ball. On, no. The homeless agencies have dropped the ball on this. Closing down the camps, okay. But then not having another alternative ready, bad mistake. I mean, I, I this morning as I came in, and I realized it was that the homeless were probably still in the in the free shelters because I got I was thinking I wonder if I'll see a bit more people than usual wandering around out in our parking lot because we've seen that in the past. Every morning I pull in here, and it's the first thing I look for. So I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see more this afternoon. Where are they going to be Tuesday at two, six before the hour on the Watchdog Morning Show? Hi, it's Hoppy Kirchival from Talkline on Metro News. In 2023, we talked with and about the biggest newsmakers in West Virginia, among those, U.S. Senator Joe Manchin. Everyone says, well, Joe, are you running? Only thing I'm running for is to save this nation. Oh, you know, Manchin's going to be big news in 2024 as well. So keep up with all the news in West Virginia. Talkline weekdays at 10.06 right here. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands. With a full array of fast food choices for everyone in the family. Or drop in at the Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Bubba's Burgers, Bob Evans, Fusion, or Panera Bread. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. I'm drawing some kind of a weird homeless correlation here, baby, come just as you are. <laughs> well, maybe, but uh, I picked this this morning. <laughs> Four before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Frio Stack, auction service, text line, a lot of folks on this issue. As soon as a prospective permanent homeless campsite, the so-called managed camp, as soon as a prospective permanent homeless camp is announced, the NIMBYs will be out in force. That's true. I mean, wherever the camp, the managed camp is selected as a location, there will be somebody protesting it, and that's going to be uh, that's why it's got to be carefully selected, 
and uh, carefully vetted and be prepared for protests. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. Um, there, there will be, you know, nobody. Well, you're right. You're absolutely right. Let's see. Um, by the time. I don't know. I don't understand this. By the time the city gets a load of wood. It, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm sorry. I, I, it doesn't make sense. Whatever. I, 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 I apologize. I just can't read it. Uh, no homeless camps in Wheeling shouldn't make it easier for them. Move them on. Rules are rules. Well, yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. They're getting moved on. There will be no homeless camps in Wheeling. Assuming that things went as they were supposed to last night or the night before last, homeless camps will shut down. Police will continue to monitor to make sure nobody is in these. There will be no homeless camps. And we shouldn't make it easier for them to move out, move on. But where are they going to go? I mean, that's my point. Look, they're not going to vanish. You know, the homeless aren't going to say, oh, well, heavens to Betsy, we don't have a camp. I guess we'll just, uh, I don't know, go go live with Uncle George. I mean, if they could live with Uncle George, they would have done that already. So, um, yeah, rules are rules. And, and again, getting rid of the homeless camp is not a bad idea, but, but, you got to have some place for them to go first. So there you go. Uh, Frio Stack Auction Service text line. You are welcome to text in anything you would like to. Uh, we'll talk some more about this perhaps later on, maybe more tomorrow. Coming up next hour, Matt Robus and I are going to talk about uh, national politics, in particular the year of Trump. Well, we're going to talk about this whole idea that Bob Slider has been kicking around for a while. Uh, are Biden and, Biden and or Trump going to be the nominees? Come election time? Or will others step up to the plate somewhere along the way? We'll talk about that. New polling is out. Man, the numbers of people who don't want either one of them are dramatic. And I'll talk about that. And then uh, all of the things Trump, uh, the, the 14th Amendment, uh, presidential immunity, all of that. We'll talk about that. Coming up next hour, Watchdog Morning Show. It's just about 9 o'clock. You don't have to be a star. WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY Moundsville.